Hey, business building warrior. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Got another episode for you today. It's just little old me talking into the microphone, but I've got something to share with you today that I was reluctant to do this episode. I debated a little bit. Should I? And and I've had multiple people approach me and say, oh, dude, you need to do a topic on, you need to do a topic of this for an episode. And enough people have now said that, that I guess I'm supposed to do it because my instinct was, no, it's it's too niche. It, it doesn't appeal to a broad enough audience. My advertisers might not like it. Oh, wait, we don't have advertisers. So that doesn't matter. But I just want to make sure that every episode I do appeals to as many listeners, as many business building warriors as possible. And this one just kind of feels like a, a bit niche, but it seems like it's those ones that I'm kind of reluctant to do. And I'm like, ah, does this really fit with what we're building here? I want to make sure and serve you well. I'm often surprised. Like, you know, when we brought my wife, Andrea on, I knew you guys would love her. It wasn't that you guys wouldn't love her. Just, is it going to be business enough that you guys raved about getting to know her and hearing her non-business perspective on the business that we're building? So I was approached repeatedly, and I have been the past several weeks, about doing a topic on family and some tips for family. And enough of you have met our kids at the CES events and spent time with them and hung out with them and had conversations. And many of you have said things like, wow, okay, this whole homeschooling slash business thing that you guys are doing and blending these worlds together and spending a lot of time under the same roof. And, you know, we're not out here trying to isolate ourselves from culture. Trust me, we have very full calendars. Our kids are gone doing things with friends and in sports. And I mean, check this out. Our 14 year old Zane is on a homeschool soccer team that won a statewide tournament. Like, a bunch of big high schools were in this tournament. They won super close knit, tight group kids. They're all homeschooled. You know, so homeschooling has come become more mainstream. It's not this isolationist thing that it used to be. There's a lot of people doing it and it mixes really, really well with the internet marketing lifestyle because we have this complete flexibility. Now we go where we want, when we want, we can travel. We don't have to stick to a school schedule and all that. And we're cranking out some pretty decent kids. I mean, the results are coming in. If you'd talked to me 10 years ago, I'd have said, wait, the results aren't in yet. We're doing this experiment. Well, now we've got some 14, 17, 21 year old, and they're all good kids. They're doing really great. And you guys have noticed that you've had some questions about that. So yeah, this is kind of a tight niche topic and I kind of had to drag myself into this one. So if you listen to this episode, maybe you're new to silent sales machine radio and you're saying to yourself, what does raising kids have to do with selling on Amazon? I'm not getting any Amazon tips today. I'm not getting any online business warrior tips out of this one, Jim. Bear with me. Just write this one off as I didn't need that one today. Maybe you're a single dude in your forties and that's how you like it. And you just want to make money online. Well, Hey, I want to serve you well, but this episode may not be for you. Although there'll be some stuff in here that I think will resonate because you may have noticed, like I have, that there's a lot of kids in our culture that just don't have a lot of respect for adults and for authority. And, you know, the level of rebellion and and how kids rebel these days is it's out there, man. And we've got five kids now that they're not like that. They're just not. And I can't take credit for it. It's very simple, timeless truths that we've implemented. I'm actually going to give you guys three tips today, super practical tips about parenting. And it has a little bit to do with business, but not really kind of does, but not really. And I'll tie it all together. And let me just set it up before I dive into the content. I'll set it up this way. This feels doing this episode feels a lot to me, like the way I felt about seven, eight years ago when I had my wife and our now event coordinator, Ray Perry telling me repeatedly, Jim, you need to do a live event. Your community needs a live event. I'm like, yeah, you guys don't know what you're talking about. 
We're internet marketers. We build businesses online. We like to be left alone. We like to sit behind our glowing monitors and just do what we do and make some money. And we want to download the content we need and then take action and make some money and then go about our lives. Everyone leave us alone. They were after me and after me and after me. And then I started learning the the biblical timeless principle that we're not meant to be alone. We are supposed to gather together and not just through a text message and not just through social media. And those things are good. And a phone call, that's even better. Getting together live is the best way. And it's a beautiful thing. So we started doing it. And yeah, they were right. Once again, the ladies in my life were right. Yes, I was wrong. They were so right. And it's been a beautiful thing. And I had to learn a big lesson there. One, listen to my spouse and to the people, the wise people that God puts into my life. Um, but the other is, you know, let's take this thing seriously, applying these biblical principles to life and business, because this stuff just works, guys. And even if you're not a Bible believer and you think people who pick up the Bible are nuts, well, there's some timeless truths here that work. It's cross-cultural. You can call it, uh, you know what, let's, let's make an agreement. You call it common sense. I'll call it biblical truth. We're both happy that way, Right. It has nothing to do with where your stance is on the Bible, applying this stuff. It just flat out works, guys. It's good stuff. So this episode, I'm going to dive a little bit into, and it's set up by a letter that we received from Eric. I'm not going to give you his last name. I had a good conversation with Eric at CES, and he sent me a really cool email afterwards, and that was a tipping point for me. It was a tipping point for me doing this episode. And I told him what I'm about to tell you now, and I remember the conversation. Here we are, 600 people in this big crowded room. We stepped aside, had a little conversation, and he's bouncing some of these things off of me. And he's like, dude, you got to talk about parenting and, and how that affects you know, a family. And, you know, is homeschool, you know, what are the benefits there? And help me make these decisions. And, you know, should we be doing this with our family? And, you know, help us kind of navigate that. And I'm not going to dive real deep in that direction, but we had a short conversation. And and I told him what I'm about to tell you now, which is it's not really a good podcast episode. There's, there's a lot of people in our community that, you know, they traditionally school their kids. They use public schools. They use other forms of education. I don't want to make it feel like, Hey, this is a homeschool education podcast. It's not. That's what we happen to do. It happens to be working very well. Our kids are turning out great for those of you who have met them. They're free-spirited, entrepreneurial, very respectful of adults. There's a lot of things we've done that even if they were, you know, any kind of school, doesn't matter, charter school, you know, uh, public school, doesn't matter. If, if you're doing these things in your home, you're going to turn out some, you know, we're not raising kids in our house. My wife and I say we're raising adults. So this is some of the things we've done, some real practical things that we've done. And I need to get some of my kids on the podcast. You've met a couple of them here and there. We've done some live streams on Facebook, but they're just, they're very uh, articulate and things about business. They understand it. And if you remember the episode that I did with Daniel Lappin, not everyone's going to agree with me on this. This might be a controversial topic for some folks, but I believe it's a hundred percent biblical and I won't dive real deep in this direction, but let me just make this point. There's only three things a kid needs. Do you remember that? If, if you're going to raise a successful adult, there's only three things they need. And they're going to succeed as an adult. Doesn't that make you feel better, parents? There's not 800 things you have to do right to raise a successful future adult. It's only three things. And in the Hebrew culture, they've understood this for thousands of years and they've applied it in many, many ways, which is why it's one of the most successful cultures on the planet. But check this out. What's the three things? Do you remember? There's a horizontal aspect, a vertical aspect, and then one other. It's person-to-person relationships, right? Being able to interact with others. I, I say, you know, here's my translation. They can look someone in the eye and shake their hand, have a conversation, respect their elders, appropriate male-female relationships and understanding those types of issues, right? So that's interpersonal, interacting with other humans. Well, they're not, they're not shy. They don't look down with their shoelaces when they meet somebody new. They look them in the eye. 
and starting about the age two or three, you know, you're working on these kinds of things and you're, you know, not every kid gets it in a week. You know, some kids have to need more work. Some kids, they, they pop out shaking hands and talking to people. Other kids are introverts and you got to work through, you know, being an introvert is not an excuse to be rude or to act shy around others. So you train the kids to this standard. You don't drop the standard for different kids. You train them all up to the same standard. So that's one, one thing they got to learn, interacting with other humans and doing it well, being other oriented, serving those kinds of things, right? The next one is probably the most important should have been mentioned first is spiritual. They've got to know who God is, why that matters, and what kind of relationship they're going to have with him and, and watching their mom and their dad, you know, how they manage that relationship with their God, you know, and in our home, there's only one true God and it's the God of the Bible and that's who we serve and that's what we do. That's how we roll up in our house. So regardless of what you got going on, if you ignore the spiritual element and you try to pretend like that's non-existent, that potentially could damage their potential for success as a human being in the future. And you would say, Jim, that's crazy. That's so outdated. That's outlandish. Hey, let's just agree to disagree and still be friends. That's cool. I have no problem with that. As long as you have no problem with that, let's just be friends and agree to disagree on that point. But biblically, those are the first two. Understanding spiritual, being able to interact with other people. The third one is understanding enough about business and numbers that they can actually serve others well and make a profit doing it, whether it be through having a job or having a business, right? You don't want them to sit on the couch and watch TV and play video games. You know, No one's going to pay them to do that. So they got to get out there and get paid. How do you get paid? You provide more value than the money you're being given. Learning how to do that, learning the numbers behind that and the skill set behind that, how to serve others well, how to manage the business and numbers. That's it. You get those three, you've raised a successful adult. They're ready to get out there and conquer the world. Just And now the list is long. I could go into all kinds of things. There's actually a course that my wife and I went through. It's a parenting course. It was called Growing Kids God's Way. It's a little dated visually, but it was really practical. It's basic Old Testament, biblical, and in New Testament included biblical truth on how to raise kids the right way. Like, what does God say about raising children? And they break it down to real practical day-to-day things. And here's some things, just a few things that we did, and I think it really helped us as parents. It it made the whole parenting journey so much easier for us. You know, like one of the one of the sayings I remember, I'm just kind of pulling up some random bits of wisdom now. This is for those of you with kids. Those of you raising kids, trying to raise those adults in your house, those temporary guests, they're only there for 18 or 20 years. If you're doing it right, you know, they're, you know, maybe, maybe a few more than that, but they're temporary guests. You're raising adults. They're not going to be there forever. And you want to crank out success stories, right? So business building warriors, hang with me here while I talk about and tie this back to building successful entrepreneurs. Because if you're like me, I want my kids to at least have the option to fall back on their own business if it ever comes to that. Let's say that dream career doesn't work out. Let's say they get laid off. Let's say they can't find that perfect job making enough money. What are they going to do? Well, I want them to be able to run their own business, at least have that option and understand it, which means they need to be able to serve others well, which means they need to have some of these skills that I'm about to talk to. This is real practical stuff. Raising good kids sets them up for success in life, not just so that they're polite, kind people. That's not the goal. We want them to be effective, contribute in big ways, have their head on straight. So here's some of the things we did. One of the tips, it's called couch time. I will guarantee that 99% of the people listening to this podcast right now have no idea what I'm talking about when I say couch time. And the premise is very simple. Here's the premise. The most important relationship in a home, 
Let's say you got a mom, dad, and some kids. The most important relationship in that house is the mom and the dad. Because if that ain't working, nothing else really matters. If that's broken and falling apart, now, don't get me wrong here. There's single parents. There's second marriages. There's all kinds of people listening to this podcast. I am not looking to insult your particular situation. But what I am saying is the most important relationship at any given time is the two adults in the house. They better be getting along really well because if they're not, everything else is weak and shaky and difficult. And all of these things that I'm saying can apply to a single mom, a single dad, you know, maybe you're, you're widowed or widower, you know, there's all kinds of scenarios. Maybe your grandparents raising kids. There's practical stuff in there. I'm not trying to divulge the entire wisdom of this. I think it was like a 12 week course. I'm just trying to drop some real practical tips in here. And these are the things that this gentleman, Eric, who wrote me the letter afterwards, he said the most powerful part of the event was this conversation we had about raising kids and being entrepreneurs. So here's some practical stuff. Let's talk about couch time. What is couch time? Let's say that my wife or I have been away from the house for several hours and, you know, the family's at home, the dad is at home with the kids or the mom's at home with the kids and that the returning parent comes back in the house. What happens? There is a very important moment that occurs Those first three to five minutes are extremely important for establishing some really special, important truths in that house. And the thing you can establish in that moment is, you know, I'll illustrate it this way. What if the dad comes home and everyone's happy to see him? Maybe they're not. They're doing their thing. They know he's home. And the first thing he does is he goes and plays with his pet goldfish for 20 minutes. What does that communicate to the family? Now, there's not many dads out there like that, but what would that communicate to the family? The most important thing in my life when I get home is my goldfish. I'm going to go sit down and look at my goldfish for 20 minutes and just, I missed my little Moby. I'm going to just adore his cute little eyes, right? I mean, how dysfunctional does that, I mean, that just sounds wrong. Come on, you're with me, right? You're sticking with me. So what should you do when the returning spouse comes in the home? And I think a lot of us instinctually, like the kids are there, they're excited. Maybe your spouse is tired. They're like, finally, help is here. I'm checking out right now. When you're ready to come talk to me, I'll be back in the corner somewhere, you know, rocking in the fetal position. These kids wore me out, right? I mean, that's kind of the typical thing that happens a lot. And that, by instinctually, if we just kind of roll with it, that's kind of what ends up happening because the kids are there, they're energetic. They can't, they're so excited to see you and they come running up and it's awesome. Well, biblically, the most important relationship in the house is the spouses. So couch time is a very intentional effort and both spouses have to be a hundred percent on board with this. It's not easy the first five, 10 times you do it. After that, the kids expect it. You come in the house, the kids are there. You pat them on the head. Good to see you. Good to see you. Love you, love you, love you. Where's your mom? Where's your mom? Where is she? I need her right now. I need to find your mom right now. Oh, mommy's in the laundry room. All right. So you go back, you find mommy. There she is. She's hiding in the fetal position, rocking. You're like, okay, hey, I'm home. I just need to spend a few minutes with you. You're communicating to the kids. The most important relationship in the house is your mom and I. The mom comes home. The dad's mowing the grass or he's sitting there watching TV or he's doing whatever he does, you know, on on an afternoon. The mom seeks him out, finds him first. You don't spend 15, 20 minutes with the kids and then find your spouse. You find your spouse first. You have some time on the couch, just you and your spouse. And the kids sit there and they're forced to sit there. And it's not easy for them to sit there, but they have to sit there. They're contained if they have to be. You can use duct tape and rope if you have to the first few times. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. But you get the point. So you sit there, you have a conversation. How was your day? What happened while you were gone? And even if the two of you are just exhausted, do it for the kids. Because what you establish is, in the kid's mind, one of the most refreshing and reassuring things you can establish in a child's head is, okay, there's mom, there's dad. They like each other. Not only that, I think they actually love each other. 
in a kid's head, that's the most reassuring ground. And here's, here's how I can illustrate that that's true. We all remember as kids hearing our parents fight. Maybe it was after you went to bed and they thought you couldn't hear them, but you heard them. Do you remember that? Any of you remember that? That was one of the most unnerving things for a kid to hear. So if you, if you put this whole thing on a spectrum, the opposite of the most unnerving thing a kid can hear, which is their parents going at it, right? The other end of the spectrum is their parents sitting there actually enjoying each other's company. Your kids need to see that. They need to know that that's happening. Even some affection, a big hug, kiss, that sort of thing on the couch, right in front of the kids. Yes, they need to see that. And that just builds something up inside of them that's so reassuring. And they may they may resist it at first, but then after that, they start to love it. And they'll even remind you. And this happened with our kids. I'd come home and they'd be like, hi, dad, mom's in the kitchen before I even said anything. Hi, dad, mom's back in the bedroom. I just walk in the house. They tell me where she is because they know that's what's coming next. Where's your mom? I got to see her. Pat him on the head. Good to see you. Good to see you. Where's your mom? Yeah, I don't ignore them. I don't like bolt past them and shove them out of the way. I acknowledge them, but it's couch time and it's, you know, set a timer if you have to. It's 10 minutes. And you sit there and it's going to be painful the first time. It's like, we have nothing to talk about. We just saw each other a few hours ago. No, the kids need to see it. Pretend to enjoy each other's company if you have to. It's so healthy for the family. And you will find yourself really looking forward to it. You really will. Especially if you're the one who's been there with the kids all day and the returning spouse comes in. The first thing they do is seek you out. Even if it's practiced behavior, it feels pretty good. I got to tell you, it's a cool thing and not many families do it. So practice couch time. That's one. I got one more for you. I think you're going to like this one. Actually, two. We call this one the interrupt rule. People observe when they come to events with us or maybe they're you know at our house and our kids are there. Now they're growing up, but they've been doing this since they were two. We've done it with all of our kids, two, three-year-old kids. They, they were, we taught them in this. We trained them. We practiced these things when there weren't other people around. We would actually role play and practice a thing that we call the interrupt rule. So here's how it works. Instead of your kid running up to you, let's say, you know, the kids are off playing and the adults are over here talking and, and your kid comes running up to you, dad, 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 dad. And the whole conversation among the adults must stop right now because little Johnny's got something he has to say. And that's more important by far than anything the adults are saying. So the whole conversation with the adult stops. Yes, Johnny, what do you need? I want another piece of bubble gum. Can I have more bubble gum right now? And all the adults are like, ha ha, little Johnny, he's so cute. But that's not okay. He just completely interrupted the adults. There's so many things wrong with that. Now, it's not some big crime against humanity, but we want to establish in these kids' hearts, you know, adults have a special place of importance. Their conversations are more important than, and this is a biblical truth, and you may debate me. He's like, no, no, the things kids say, that's where the brilliance is. Adults are all idiots. No, I, I disagree with you on that. I think the adults have the wisdom of age. That's a biblical concept. The conversations that adults have are typically far more important than the conversations and the needs and the wants and the random thoughts of a child. That's just a worldview that we got around here. You disagree with it? That's cool. Again, you could have skipped this podcast episode and fast forwarded to the next one a long time ago if I'm losing you. Okay. But this is the biblical truth that the things that are the conversations that adults have are to be respected. Kids are to respect the adults in this way. So the interrupt rule works like this. Johnny wants another piece of bubble gum. He comes running across the room. He's not yelling, dad, 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 dad. He's not allowed to come running yelling. He has to come over, walk to where you are, and he puts his hand on your leg, puts his hand on your arm, just sits there, just touches you. That's it. Touches you. It's called the interrupt rule. Okay. All of our kids did this. They all did it. They all learned it. We practiced it at home. It's a beautiful thing. You'll see our kids do it to this day if you come to events. So the interrupt rule works like this. Let's say you and I are having an adult conversation. My kid comes up, puts his hand on my leg. 
I immediately put my hand on top of his hand. I don't stop my conversation. I'm still looking the other adult in the eye. We're still continuing. My child is waiting. Now, I don't make it so painful that he has to wait for five minutes. Ideally, it's, you know, depending on the patience of the child you're dealing with, you don't want to push their limits. But you put your hand on top of their hand, which means I know you're there. I know you need something. And the child knows that it's going to happen very quickly that I will address whatever it is you want to say. But in the meantime, the adult and I are going to come to a good stopping point. And then I'll look the other adult in the eye and say, just a moment, I think little Johnny needs something. And then I break eye contact with the other adult, change my focus directly to my child. What is it? And he tells me. I interact. I solve whatever it is that he needs, get him his next piece of bubble gum, whatever the situation is. Off he runs happy, understanding so many positive things just happened for that kid and for the other adult who's, who's going to say, what just happened? How did you do that? Is that like some kind of magic trick? No, it's something you practice. You practice at home. You pretend mommy's a stranger or you pretend daddy's a stranger and you practice coming up with something that you need a kid. Like, okay, you, you're going to come up and interrupt us now using the interrupt rule and you practice with the kid. They walk across the room, they come up, they practice. They don't get it right the first six times. That's okay. You practice. That's why you practice. And what ends up happening, it's a very beautiful thing where kids learn to respect and even enjoy and appreciate the conversation of adults without pressing their needs to the top of the list. It's called building in respect, right? And other adults really appreciate this. When we've been around other families that have done this, we don't find it annoying if your kids don't operate at this high level. It's not like some kind of, you know, litmus test for who we can be friends with. It's nothing like that. It's just, we want to give our kids the best chance possible to to succeed in life. And to succeed in life, you got to be characterized by being other oriented. That's what this stuff is. It's being other oriented. It's recognizing the hierarchy of relationships. You've heard me say it before with me, with my wife, our hierarchy of relationships are the same. It's God first, and then our spouse, and then our kids, and then everyone else. And our kids aren't allowed to interrupt, though. If I'm talking with another adult, they have to respect adults. But they know. When my kid comes over to use the interrupt rule, they know they're more important to me than that other random adult that I'm talking to. They know this. That's been established at home. But they also know they can't interrupt that conversation. So that's just a real super practical couple things. And based on your feedback, guys... I'm either going to do occasionally drop some of this kind of stuff out there, or I'm going to say, looking at the feedback from people who are like, whoa, wait a second, I need some Amazon tips. What's going on here? But here, let me tie this into business. Okay. I'll tie this into business for you. This is for families, people with kids. And you're thinking, man, I, you know, the highest aspiration my kid has is he hopes to get a decent job someday. And he thinks the job prospects are horrible. And that's the kind of conversations we have. It's all about what jobs he's going to get someday. But I wish he would think like an entrepreneur. Well, you know what? One of the things an entrepreneur has to be able to do is be other oriented, have a servant minded heart, which is something a lot of us don't even figure out till well into our adult years. Some people never figure it out. I mean, I know 40 and 50 year old men who are still boys, right? They, they don't think this way. They don't think other oriented. It's all about their toys and, you know, them having as much fun in the day as they can. They haven't grown up yet. So if you want to raise successful adults, these kinds of things, making them other oriented feeds very well into having an entrepreneurial servant minded attitude towards life, which makes you a great entrepreneur. That's one of the reasons I think people who follow the biblical ethic, whether you're a Christian or not, it's irrelevant. If you follow the biblical ethic, you are in a better position to succeed as a business owner and as an entrepreneur than those who don't. 
Because if life is all about me, 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 you make a terrible business owner because your customers don't care how great you think you are. They care if you're going to give them more value than the money they're about to give you. That's what they care about. In order for you to do that well, you've got to be other oriented. You've got to have a servant minded heart, right? So establishing these kinds of things in your kids sets them up very well to be entrepreneurs. That is me tying this whole lesson about parenting into raising successful entrepreneurs. So even if you think those of us who cherish the Bible are nuts, which I'm fine with, I really am. Let me just tell you a little side note. I had somebody tell me um, that they were on another Facebook group and somebody was saying, yeah, that Jim, he called me out because he says that, uh, you know, people who curse profanity is wrong. And he called me out for that. He called me out right there on Facebook and he said, blah, blah. And like, no, I've never called anybody out for profanity. You can use as much profanity as you want. But it, and if you go back and listen to that episode, what I did say is it does create a perception in my mind of who I'm dealing with. You know, I, I don't think less of you. God loves all of us. I've got all kinds of mistakes and problems and issues and challenges in my life. There's all kinds of imperfections in me, but it's kind of like, you know, to me, it's like that, that guy that, uh, you know, never brushes his teeth or that guy that, you know, you know, just never looks right for the occasion, doesn't get dressed up when he should have, or, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's a little dark mark against you. It's like, ah, yeah, you could do better. Right. It's like, you're capable of more, Right. It's, it's just that, it's that perception. And it's not a real big deal to me, but I do know that there's a lot of people who are really put off by some, what, you know, some people see it as insignificant. I don't see it as insignificant. If someone uses profanity frequently, I'm like, eh, you know, there might be a heart issue there. And I went through that very deep in an episode a while back and I tied it all to business as I will always do. You will succeed. My premise, my theory is you'll succeed far more in business if you drop profanity versus integrating it into your business. Now, some people pointed out some very successful comedians and that sort of thing. Like, hey, all right, okay, guys, there's some exceptions to some of these things. But in general, people like to do business with somebody who has a nice, solid, high, moral, ethical, virtuous approach to life. They just do. They know they can trust that person. That's just the way the world works. And if you disagree with me, like I said, I'm totally fine with that too. But this episode was in response to the numerous people who have talked to us about our family, about our kids. They're getting older now. I think we've raised some successful adults at this point. Our youngest is still 10. So, you know, there's all kinds of things. You never know. Kids can make crazy decisions. Adults make crazy decisions. But enough of you have asked us about our kids and some of the practical things that we did so that they would be prepared as much as possible for life and what it's like to homeschool and all of these things. I just thought I would throw out a couple practical things and then just see what happens. If you guys hated this episode or you just thought it was a waste of your time, you're like, man, what am I listening to? What are you going to do? Start preaching? You know, I, I get it. No, this podcast is dedicated to you, business building warrior, building an incredible business that you can be proud of that's thriving in your worldview. To me, it doesn't matter. I'm going to give you practical tips. But for those of you who are, are interested in these types of things, I hope this served you well. I hope I gave you a couple good practical things that you can do. And there's a bunch more of them from time to time. Maybe we can work some of those in or you can just study up a bit. There's a lot of great books on this topic, raising kids according to a biblical ethic and a biblical standards. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed that. Well, I'm going to sign off here. If you want to send us feedback or hate mail, <laughs> I get it. That's cool. Silentgym.com is the website you need. And I know we're friends anyway. I hope I didn't hurt anybody's feelings today. I just love doing what I do. I love serving this community. 
And if you want to challenge me on any of this, send me an email. I love corresponding with listeners. It means a lot to me that you take some time and listen to this show. So I want to hear your opinions. I want to hear your thoughts. I may not be able to write you 15 paragraphs of a response, but hey, we can engage on this stuff, right? We're all adults. Or you're some kids out there listening too. Hey, guys, love that you listen. I love that we have kids listening to the show, which is why I'm committed to never having profanity on this show. It's, it's just not appropriate. we got a lot of kids listening, so just not going to do it, right? All right, God bless you, business building warrior. I'm going to sign off right here. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed doing it. Let me know what you thought. Talk to you real soon. God bless. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.